0: Before we dive into this episode, I have an exciting offer for you. You know that my passion is simplifying formulation for all hairstylists. Right now, my best-selling masterclass, Hair Color Formulation Simplified, is on sale for only $47. To get yours now, simply go to my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com forward slash simple. Kin is available directly to salons with no middleman, and they pass that savings on to you. They carry color, retail, and texture products, and they're all developed and manufactured in their factory in Spain. After more than 90 years in business, Kin is still owned by the founding family. They are passionate about being the very best they can be. For more information on Kin, contact Gary at kinnorthamerica.com. If you follow me, you know that I do not work for any manufacturer, but I do love to share things that I love using in my own salon in Pennsylvania. We are proud users of the Kin Color. We get excellent gray coverage and excellent support. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is Nina Kovner. She is the founder and creator of Passion Squared, and she has done so many things in the industry that I am going to let her tell you what all of them are because she has made so many amazing pivots and shown me personally how to be brave and not sit in your situation when it's no longer working because you feel like you have to. So I'm so excited to have her here with us today, and would love to welcome you, Nina, to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Elaine. It's so cool to be on here; it's such an honor. Uh, I'm so happy for you and what you've created. It's amazing. I, my, you know, I know we have limited time, so I, I and I'm not really that great at talking about myself. Uh, it's not of interest to me. But I, just the shup, super short story. I graduated beauty school in 1987. And, um, you know, like any hairdresser, was just excited to, to do hair. I worked in a salon assisting all through beauty school. So I was set up, like I was ready to go. And I also found um, a passion for the whole educator world while I was still in school. So by the time I graduated, I... Uh, was invited to try out to become an educator. I passed. I started doing insulin classes. And then within a year or so, the local distributor said, we really need some help. Can we hire you? So I got tugged into the business side of the business very early in my career. I only did hair a few years, actually. And then went on to work for a global hair care manufacturer for 25 years until I left in 2009 in my mid forties and, um, had no idea what I was going to do. And of course I had a passion around social and digital because I was head of marketing. So I was already kind of deep into what was happening in those mid two thousands or whatever. And so I'm like, you know, these platforms have an incredible opportunity to empower small business. And that's kind of how passion squared started. We are an online business and, um, we, of course, do coaching, education, podcasting, books, the whole nine. And our focus is marketing, because that is my expertise, brand development, and, um, and then personal empowerment, because without that, the rest just doesn't really work very well. So yeah, so, and we just celebrated our 11th birthday.
0: Yes, happy, happy birthday. I was able to jump on. I wasn't able to be there live, but I was able to catch the replay and it was amazing. Um, my first ebook was your book, Follow Your Heart. I didn't even Aww. know how to download it. Like that's how tech challenged that I was. <laughs> you were such a pioneer in all things tech for our industry. Like to me, you you were it. Like you were the only person that introduced me to even using. Technology, So it's no surprise that your business now is still virtual. I got your um, inspirational thing of the day, text message. That was so yep. cool to me. Like, I was like, how does she do this? Where is it? How is it getting on my phone? <laughs> like, I remember being right? so, so blown away by that because again, I had a flip phone. I didn't understand technology, yeah. but I literally would wake up in the morning and reach for my phone and be like, what did Nina send me today? So <laughs> I, I don't know what that feels like that. for you now that you see like everybody <laughs> scrambling to try to figure stuff out or you're like, I've been doing that since 2012. So that's awesome. And you've yeah. never lost your passion. Thankfully, your, your brand is Passion squared. You've never lost your passion. You haven't had it easy. You've hit some really rough patches. And I know you suffer from anxiety and for you to continue to show up bravely, And to share your journey, I I think you were traveling somewhere recently and you were freaking out a little bit. You're like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this, like, but you share it, you know, I'm sure there's so many people that are at the shows and, and platform artists that don't share it, that we all look at them and say, oh my gosh, they make it look so easy. But I love that you share that journey and make other people feel like it's okay to say I'm not okay.
1: Thank you. I mean, I traveled the world and spoke on stages for over two decades to rooms of five thousand, you know rooms of five rooms of whatever it wasn't until i left my career that i kind of jumped off that autopilot workaholism situation and went through treatment and started like exploring where my depression anxiety all that was coming from and and thus creating an online business because i never i let my passport expire like I was never going anywhere ever again. Like that was my plan to literally never step on a plane again. And um, of course I I had chosen to do that a little bit over these 11 years. However, it is very difficult. It is very difficult. So this particular, this last trip, I hadn't traveled for business in a very long time. I hadn't been back to California. Um, well, back to Los Angeles, since I lost pretty much all of my family over the last three years. Um, it just was so many different facts. I haven't been in a room full of people without a mask on. Like, there's just so many, like, kind of things mm-hmm. happening all at once. And um, so, but I, I did it. And it, it's interesting because I, I took about two days to agree to that event. And because I knew, like, I'm like, I don't think I can do this. I I, I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I can. Do and just in those two days, that thought process was, if I didn't do that, like, if I didn't do it, I just know that I never would probably leave the house again. And I'm not ready to not leave the house again. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it was really kind of, I, I did not feel ready. I did not want to go, not because I didn't want to do it and see all the right. awesome people. Like, of course, that's like the whole thing. But inside of me, I was like, I, I can't do this. I did it. It was hard. It was so hard and um, incredibly empowering because I made it like I did it. And and that is, it speaks to so much of what we do in business and in life is sometimes we just have to just step into the fire, you know? And of course, bring like safety, like surround yourself with as much safety as you can. But this was something I needed to do. And um, even though it, you know, leveled me emotionally, it empowered me because I did something that I was so incredibly afraid to do.
0: Well, I'm sure you had a line out the door when you did get there. I had the unfortunate opportunity to be your neighbor at the ISSE Long Beach Show. I only taught the show one year. I was so excited. It was like a bucket list thing to hit every single show as a new educator. So I get there. And I, I go to my classroom early because I want to be, you know, it was it was the quieter day. It was the last day where it's more students. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm teaching hair color fundamentals. My classroom's is going to be packed because it's new students. This is great. And I'm walking down the hallway and there's this ginormous line. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. They're there before I am. It was your classroom <laughs> next door. <laughs> I think the entire building was like this in your classroom. It was amazing. I wanted, I wanted to leave my classroom and go to your classroom and watch whatever you were teaching. I think I had like 10 people in my room. I was like, damn you, Nina, why are you next to me at the same Well, you know, it was,
1: timing is everything, you know, and, and and what I had the opportunity to teach when I did those few ISSEs was what was something people wanted to learn.
0: that. That
1: was social digital. And, and, um, so I, I don't think it was really about me, you know, but really more about in at that time, you know, that was still kind of like, I don't know what to post. I mean, people still struggle with that. But I mean, back then it was really, you know, people were, were really wanting to learn more about social and digital. So, well, look, we're here now. <laughs> I know. I didn't I didn't quit.
0: I didn't, I didn't let you it didn't. Like, get me down because- It happens all the time. Like that's the one thing that I don't love about the in-person shows as both an attendee and an educator is it happened to me again in Premier Orlando this past June. I was at the same time as Jack Martin. I'm like, of course I want to go to Jack Martin for his gray transformations. I want to, again, I want to leave my own class to go to his class. So I hate that you have to pick this or that. Like I wish they would stagger them a little bit more to let people go on the floor, then go to a class, then go on the floor, then go to something else. So that that's really hard because I am such an education junkie that, um, you know, to miss anything and especially, and that's what I love about what you and I do is there's no missing it. You know, like I knew that you were doing the birthday celebration. I wanted to support your charity. I wanted to, you know, know, do that. But I was like, I know I can't go live, but I didn't have that. Oh, I'm missing this feeling because I knew that you were going to send out the replay. So there's, there's. Pros and cons to both, but I really like that piece of virtual. I just finished a weekend event here in my home, my new hometown. I live in Florida now, and I had 30 people come for a hair color retreat. They're members of my group. And even though they watched everything live in real time, they kept getting closer and closer and closer and crowding around while we were trying to get good video. And I was like, guys, you know, you don't want to crowd the videographer. We want this so that you can go back and watch it because. When you watch something live and you're in the space, there's all this adrenaline, you're excited, everything's new. And then how many times have you walked out and you're like, wait, what was that second step again? So this way it's both, it's live. And then yeah. they'll have it live on in their library where they can pop it on their TV, do a hands-on and really master the technique. So I'm so grateful for That's pioneers amazing. like you that have that have made hairdressers understand that you don't have to be, you know, a corporate person that is forced to use technology. I think you talked about wearing a mask, you know, being in a room without a mask for the first time. I think one of the gifts that the pandemic gave us is that people were forced to understand how to jump on a Zoom call. You know, I don't have to struggle to get somebody to jump on the podcast or jump on one of my classes because now it's like picking up a telephone and calling somebody, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's from a strategic perspective, there's definitely different strategies around people that want to do those big shows and have classrooms at their shows. That's never been part of Patch and Squared's strategy. I prefer more intimate uh, gatherings of whatever. So th- that show world really doesn't fit for like how I see the type of education that we do, um, the, being conducive to that, you know? I think I mean for the show. Look, we've both been doing shows for decades. You know, my first show was New York IBS when I was still in beauty school. So I mean, literally been. That had to be intimidating, my gosh! While you're in beauty yes. school, That's yes, amazing. yes, we took a field trip because I went to school in Northern Virginia. So we took a bus. We took a bus. A it was we a did day the trip. same thing. A, a day trip to yeah, New York. They dumped us at Javits, and. I was just like jaw dropped all day, met all the educator people that I ended up working with for 25 years that day. Amazing! It was wild, you know, it it was wild. But there's definitely some magic that happens at those shows that is very different than people coming for some necessarily like education that's going to be retained and replicated when they get home you know so there's good there's the connection there's you know the inspiration there's meeting your mentors there's just community and there's some there's a lot of great reasons but that's never fit with us and unfortunately
0: for me when I I did the same exact thing it was 1986 they dumped us well the day before they highly recommended we pack a bag lunch and I was like I am not bringing a bag lunch to New York city. My ass is going out to lunch. I don't care how much it costs thinking how, how bad could it be? And my (laughs) girlfriend and I were like, okay, it's bad. Like, I think, I think the burger in 1986 was $15 and our burgers here were like $4. So it was really bad. I was like, oh, this is why they said to pack a lunch. But I remember walking in, I, I can see myself. I had I had a French manicure, which some things never change. I French manicure. And I remember walking in and the first booth that I made contact with was the Sebastian booth and Jerry Cazenza was up there. And I was just total chills, hair standing on end. Yay. Like, oh my God, I get to do this for a living. Like this I is going to be my job. Like I just couldn't even believe how amazing it was. So from that day, that very day with the hairs on end, I was like, I am going to be her. I am going to be up on that stage at these shows. That is my dream. I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to get on those shows. So by the time I met my goal, the shows don't pay anymore. And I'm like, okay, this is great. I have my Britney Spears microphone. I love that I get to do this. Thank (laughs) God I have a love and passion for it. And I will do it for free. But when I talk to... Vivian and Beth Minardi and, you know, Joe Blackwell and all of the people that I looked up to and was like, I can't wait to be you when they share with me what they used to earn for, you know, an hour on stage, I'm like, oh man, why did that go away? Like what the heck happened that the educator and the presenter is no longer this, the focal point of the education, it's about how many perms are sold on the floor, how many bajillion bottles of hairspray. It's like shifted so much that they're losing all of the really experienced mentors that have so much knowledge and love to share it, but they won't go to the shows because they won't, they can't get paid. Like they even have to pay their own. And I, I know I've done it. I had to pay my own flight. My own meals, my own room. It it cost me most of the shows that I did. It cost me two three thousand dollars to be there. No no compensation whatsoever. And so that makes me sad, really sad. It's a
1: messed up model for sure. Of course, there's a lot of folks that have brand sponsorships, which you know they're getting paid elsewhere. But um, you know the shows are they're having a little bumpy moment. They're they have an identity crisis there's obviously been some acquisitions and reinventions. It'll be interesting to see. Of course, again, you and I have seen so many different iterations and changes and shifts. Um, I, I'm, I'm always hopeful. I'm an optimist. I hope they get their shit together, but, um, not paying artists is, is, a is, well, it's shitty and can we cuss? Are we allowed to cuss? Yep. Yep. It's shitty. <laughs> and, um, and unfortunately, uh, typical in, in some cases, you know? So we'll see. We'll see. I think
0: happens. most hairstylists don't don't understand that because no. two years ago for Premier Orlando, I I will always have a soft spot for Premier Orlando because they gave me my first shot. And because I taught there, then I was able to teach at IDS, then I was able to teach at ISSC, then I was able to, te- you know, so it was like a, you know, compound effect of like, oh, you have a resume now. So I have a soft spot for them, but Two years ago, my daughter is like my right arm. She keeps me organized. I'm ADHD. She's super mega focused and organized and, you know, totally different brain thoughts. And she would always man a table and she would sell my book and sign people up for things. And I really, really needed her to be there. But I was already in Florida two years ago and she was coming from PA And the airline kept canceling her flight. She was there the day before. They sent her home after so many cancellations. Mm. She didn't get there until like my very last class. So I had to go to the first class by myself. I'm lugging this big, heavy duffel bag with all the books, all the things. And I'm still teaching and people are rushing the stage, just grabbing, grabbing books, grabbing these level tools that I have. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is a nightmare. But it, it was all good because they loved what I said and they wanted things. But I was like, I don't know, like, I have no idea if I just lost my, people were just throwing money in a bag and, and somebody came out of the audience and started charging people and doing it for me. And during my walk, I said, I know it was really awesome, but I said, do you guys know that like when you watch people teaching here, unless they're on the main stage, supported by a manufacturer, like all these little classrooms that you are going to, including mine, we are not paid to be here. And we have to get here and we have to pay for our meals and we have to pay for our flight and we have to pay for our hotel. And they were like, what? Like they couldn't even wrap themselves around it, yeah. but it it earned for me, it earned even more respect from them that like, wow, she really is passionate about teaching hair color. Like why the hell else would she be here?
1: Yeah. You know? And also so
0: there's that.
1: It's yeah. inexcusable that a, these show companies that we know have millions and millions and millions of dollars yes um it's it's ridiculous and 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 i'm i from what i understand that idea came from well you're gonna make all this money selling your stuff but it's like that's like a hundred year ago like thought process you know exactly and even if you do like yay like great that people can walk away just like they walk away with buying a new color or, you know, a new hairspray or a new scissor, like, great. They can leave with a new coloring tool or a new book and whatever that doesn't replace paying for labor. (laughs) That makes me crazy. Like, no, no, no. What do you see? How
0: do you look at the future of our industry? I know we talk about the AI and how that's coming into play and it it can be really useful. It can be really scary, Uh, There's this, you know, rush into suite model where everybody's bailing on commission salons and running to suites. And now I see them running back to either running a chair in a community because they miss that community piece. So there just seems to be since the pandemic, so much change in the industry. If you had to Sit with a crystal ball and do a prediction for, <laughs> say, five five years from today. What do you think is going to be the biggest surprise that we wouldn't see coming? As far as that goes, I
1: don't know about surprise we wouldn't see coming. I think that some people are surprised at things that actually aren't surprising. Uh, th- this kind of pandemic shakeup—it was starting before the pandemic.
0: Yeah, you true, know, very true,
1: and. I think that the pandemic outside, forget our industry, you know, there were a lot of different impacts that were had on people and some of the actions and decisions that people have made are trauma responses, you know, and short term. And some are more like, I'm changing my life. Like I was a workaholic and life is short. Some of those aha moments, like what I had in my mid forties. So I think that that's kind of like a global thing. It's not really an industry thing. Uh, with the sweet thing, there are gonna be people that are meant to be solo entrepreneurs. And that's fantastic. And there are people that are gonna try to be solo entrepreneurs and say, you know what? I miss community. I wanna go back to a lease model with you know, a group of people. And then there's some people that are like, you know what? I don't wanna do any of this. I really value leadership and not having to deal with everything else. I wanna go find an awesome employment-based salon with great leadership and culture. So, but that's always been the case, right? I mean, such a drive away from employment-based salons had to do with absent leadership or no leadership, you know, and dysfunction and no boundaries and toxic cultures. And I mean, that's not new. That didn't start with the pandemic. So I think that uh, if anything, what inspires me and brings me hope, is that people began to connect with their feelings and their own emotional development and what matters to them. And that I believe we see with healthier boundaries and more focus on wellness and self-care, mental health, all of those things that were always needed. and, And ultimately, create more happiness and more joy and healthier cultures and more awesome leadership. So I definitely think that I, I see that developing Um, in terms of like technology and tools. I mean, in in 2012, nobody would listen to, to me when I was talking about social and digital. So this industry moves slow, Mm -hmm. it moves slow you know? And so there's all this buzz around, it could be anything, right? Um, it, at this moment, it's AI, um, it, it, but it literally could be, it could be anything. But in terms of an actual helpful impact on the day-to-day life of our industry, I mean, what we've been sharing with our clients and recommending to our clients is, is really looking at AI in a very practical way. Um, we focus a lot at Passion Squared on brand story. And where a lot of people get stuck with brand story is not the actual defining the brand, but then like, what does that look like in captions and stuff like that? So AI is great for that because you can plug in your the framework of your brand story and get a little boost when it comes to, well, what does that actually sound like in real life? The problem, and that could be the same with content ideas and, you know, there's so many great things that it really, newsletter writing, you know, all that stuff. However, my biggest problem with it and my biggest concern with it is that it is very imperfect and it takes a long time for it to understand your brand and your voice. So It may spit something out that you're like, oh, great copy and paste. And it's like, uh, no, no copy and paste. You still have to put eyes on it. You still have to put context on it. You still have to put your brand voice on it. You still have to align it with your objectives and outcomes and your vision. So it's not set it and forget it, but nothing is like, it's not the magic pill. There are no magic pills. But it really can be helpful with really, like, with creativity. So that's in, like, the marketing brand content storytelling space um, that I see, like, instant practical application. Yeah.
0: I had the pleasure of meeting your BFF, Gordon, at an event here in Florida. As soon as I saw he was going to be oh, there, I'm yes. like, oh, yes, yes. I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking, you know, he brought the AI piece and we were talking about the state of the industry and all of the things that should and could be changed. One of them that I'm super passionate about is making licensing across the whole entire United States, like regardless of how many hours, regardless of whatever, like if you're licensed, you're licensed. Because speaking of like life changes and, you know, people feeling stuck, there's a lot of people that would leave their, area and move somewhere else, but they don't want to have to go back to beauty school after being behind the chair for 20 years to do 200 more hours and take a test again. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, uh, Supposedly the nursing one went through and now they're doing it hopefully for our industry. So that was a great event. And I I was beating Gordon's ear for an hour after the event.
1: He's very passionate about AI. He's been doing lots of podcasts on it. Uh, I too am passionate. I am just more like practical only because that's what I do all day with our clients is literally like practical application of things. So yes, is it going to, is it going to be amazing and helpful? Yeah, it already is. However, in my working with it, it is still, it's not like you just like anything, you can't just like Google something and just take the first result and run. Like, it's just not, Context, always context, context, context. Well, it's been 11 years. What
0: do you have in store for us for the next five years? Any, <laughs> anything new and exciting?
1: You're the mean, queen of the
0: pivot. You can't, you can't just stay still. You, you I, have to keep us. Yeah.
1: I'm going to keep writing. I'm going to keep writing books. You know, my, I, I, the third, my third book has been in outline form for almost nine years. And I just kind of, oh <laughs> I know I pushed it to the side. So I've got a couple book concepts. I do want to write more. Um, so that's definitely something. I'm also um, looking at developing people to take over the company. Like I'm getting old, you know, and passion squared is never about me. Like I, I had my, like, I had my day in lights or whatever for way too long like, I would be so happy to, like, never show my face on the internet ever again. And so, you know, we have such amazing, brilliant, wise, incredible um, people in our community and clients that um, I hoped that they start, you know, taking over Passion <laughs> Square.
0: That's amazing. I mean,
1: so that's really, I mean, that's ultimately my my long-term, short, long, short, long-term plan. Um, so yeah, I'm focused. You know, I I want to keep doing what we're doing. There's still so much work to be done in our industry around understanding the importance of brand um as the foundation of literally everything we do. And it's it's just easily forgotten because it's not as much fun as applying hair color. You know, <laughs> like I get it. Forgotten
0: you know? and misunderstood, to your point. You Very know? misunderstood. Like I, I see a lot of people, especially when I moved here to Florida, I was looking for someone to do my hair and they're like, oh, so-and-so. And I go on and it doesn't even say where they are. You know, there's a lot of assumption when they're posting that people just know that they're in a certain part of Florida. Like there's no location, there's no contact, there's no, and I'm like, you know, there's definitely more that needs yeah, to be done. Yeah, there's still a lot more you know marketing
1: like, stuff to do and, you know, creating awesome experiences online. Like that stuff still, I mean, it says important, it's important every day, you know, especially like we, we've been talking a lot this year with our clients about um, whether you believe there's a recession or not, or whether there is, or there's not, or inflation, whatever, like all that aside, I truly believe that, that caring is, is going to make a comeback and um, and building trust, you know, and creating value for clients. And it really goes back to the fundamentals. So, I mean, so much of what we do in, in whether it's marketing or brands, storytelling, all of that, it is the fundamentals. Like it's the fundamentals. something like making sure that people know where to find you, that you have, <laughs> you know, uh, because it's those little things that actually make a huge difference in, are you actually going to get a client? Like, are you going to get a client like, and then is that client going to come back? Cause they are so stoked about their experience. Like it's those fundamentals that will never go out of style that exactly. will never change depending on market, whatever's if we cannot be consistent with those fundamentals, it's going to be a bumpy road. I don't care what generation you're in. I don't care what business model it is. I mean, people have to care and people know when we don't. And people Mm -hmm. are not going to pay for experiences that are not what they value, you know, that don't connect to what they value. So, I mean, there's a lot there, especially as prices go up and stuff like that. And it's like, where's the value, you know, because prices go up. I mean, of course they do, but where's the value in that?
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, interesting. Well, you're, stuff. you're an absolute treasure to the industry. I'm so blessed to know you and so blessed to have you take the time today. So, share with anyone listening how they can get more of you and Passion Squared.
1: Yeah, you can find us on the socials at Passion Squared and on the web at passionsquared.net.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Nina. And thank, thank you, you, everyone, you, for Elaine. listening.
1: It's so awesome to see your face.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.